0: Amen. Well, how's everyone today? Well, good, good, good. The Lord's been helping us. Uh, um, Like I said, we did have church in two places. The Moors are down in Sarasota. I'm sure that went well. I didn't get to hear from them. I guess they were probably still going when we finished first service. And uh, it's good that the gospel is going out. Amen? Aren't we glad to be a part of it in whatever capacity He'll allow us to be? And, uh, and we're believing God and endeavor to believe with us that everybody will be at the right place at the right time. And, and uh, everybody knew that God knows where you were going to be today, right? I feel like I'm in the right place. And I feel like y'all are too. And uh, let's believe God together. Pray with me before we start. Father, we do thank you for your word. We reverence and respect it, Lord. And we pray that it have first place in this, in this church today, Lord, that we hear it, that we understand it, that we receive it, Lord. Help give, it, give me utterance to speak your word, that it not be the words of man, but it be the very words of God, Lord. And we receive it by faith in advance. And thank you for all its good work in our lives. And we give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, open your Bibles to Hebrews. Hebrews eleven. Hebrews eleven. We'll start around verse 32. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews eleven thirty-two says, And what shall I more say? And they say I talk backwards. I mean, that sentence don't even make sense. And what shall I more say? <laughs> okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, Jephthah, Jephthah yep, Jeff. of David and also Samuel and of the prophets, 33, who through faith Subdued kingdoms. Can your faith subdue kingdoms? Can your faith rot righteousness? Get righteousness. Bring righteousness to pass. How about that? I like that better. Rot. Let me use the word rot in here. I do. That's that thing's gonna rot. Yeah. Get it out of that water. It'll rot. Bring righteousness to pass. To pass and obtained promises. Our faith is built, is designed, is in us, is God-given to obtain promises. In the, in the first part of this chapter, in chapter 11, in verse 2, I believe it says, by faith the elders obtained a good report. Amen? Amen? Amen. Faith is made to obtain. And with our faith... We can not only subdue kingdoms, but we can obtain promises. There are great and precious promises in the Bible, and every one of those things we can achieve. And all these people—you know—it talks about David, it talks about uh, Joshua, it talks—but how many of them started at the at the walls of Jericho or at the at the throne of Egypt? No, they had, they their faith started a journey way back where ours starts and we're we're waiting to get to the mountain to use our faith when we should have been training up in that faith all along and if we don't train up in it we'll never have it when we get to the mountain why was Joseph able to sit on the throne in Egypt because he was able to be sold as a slave right that's when most of us quit right there What slavery oh no thanks oh no thank you Thank you. I'll just stay here. The call? No, not important. No, no, let me sit back in my pew. Not the slavery thing. Or then you get past the slavery thing. (laughs) Get a pretty good job as a slave. You know, you're the head slave. (laughs) As good as that gets. Head slave. Hmm. So you're now the head slave and all of a sudden, thrown in prison. You know what, God? This can't be God. This is the devil. Lord, get me out of here. Send me back to my home. I'm done. Right? Way easier to quit than be in prison. Right? Or serve God wherever you're at. Amen? He took the steps. He believed God. He trained his way up. And he was able to go to each place. And, and it, says, it says in that book that the Word of God tried him. It tried him. Every step he took, the, the, the Word of God was trying him. And it was bringing him to a place where he could be the second in charge of the world. Amen? A man of God, second in charge of the world. Glory to God. Glory to God. And really, if you want to think about it, he was first because Pharaoh was listening to what he said. So whoever is getting got the voice is first, whether they in second place or not. Right? Because the first place is just a head, just an idol at that point. So glory to God that he took these steps. And we're designed in our walk with God to take steps. And yes, we are going to get to a mountain. Guess what? There is going to be mountains in our life. There are going to be giants to face. But God brings you step by step where you're able to face them. But you've got to pass this step before you can get to this step and be able to pass it. And we're, we're wanting to not train. We're wanting to do what I want to do. I want to not train and be in good health. I told my wife years ago, I'm waiting on a pill. You know, Surely they are going to come out with a workout pill where you can take it and just be healthy and happy all the time. And they haven't come out with it yet. And people say, well, you know, if you'll jog long enough, you'll really like jogging. I've jogged a while and I don't like it. (laughs) Training, if you train to win, it's not generally fun. Why? Because you're going to push your body beyond its limits of what it can do. That's what God does with our faith. He pushes it beyond the limits of what you can do so that you have to step out on Him. Amen? None of these men. David, what did he do? He, he didn't go straight to the giant. He started with a lion and a bear. Glory to God. But guess where he really started? Back there when, when they came and they said, bring your sons, and he was left out in the field. That's, that's where your faith gets tested. What do you mean, Brother David? Hey, how easy would it have been for him to say, why are all my other brothers inside and I'm standing out here in the field? Aren't I good enough? What's wrong with me? I don't know that he said that or didn't say it, but could he not have said it? Have people not said it? They have. People in church have said it. Well, they called them in to help, and they called them in to help. Aren't I good enough to help? Maybe I just need to go to another church. (laughs) Maybe you just need to stay put. Amen. Right? Look at First Corinthians nine. Better get some word. People start looking at me funny. How many know? You start with the little things, and you pass the little test. That was a little test. When they called David in, he didn't say, "I ain't coming." If you'd have wanted me, you should have come. You should have got me in here with the rest of my brothers. No, he came right in. Maybe he was too young and dumb to know that he got offended. It'd be better to be dumb and not get offended, right? What do they? What do people say? You're you're too stupid to worry. Okay. Okay. Call me stupid if it if it has to do with not worrying. We want to train in such a way to win. Amen. If I were going to run a marathon, which I have no plans on doing so, by the way, unless the Lord says so, and then I'll say, yes, Lord, your servant awaits. (laughs) Then I'll try to put a smile on my face, and you'll see me sulking a little bit. (laughs) But if we're going to train, we need to train as though we're going to win. And if you were training for a marathon and you had never run, you wouldn't start by running a marathon, would you? You'd start by running little short steps and getting yourself built up so that you could run the next mile. You run one mile, then you run the next, then you run the next. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, it says, Know you not that they which run in a race, run in a race, run all? How about this? How about the NIV? Do you not know that in a race all all runners run? Everybody runs in a race, but only one gets the prize. Which one are you going to be? How many people want to train for years to get third? <laughs> Any takers? No, why? Because third is just next to the second loser. Right? Yeah. We train to win. How many people want to take step after step after step of faith and then find out they quit right before they won? Hmm? Run in such a way to get the prize. What's he saying? Run to win. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games does what? Goes into strict training. Now that's where it comes in with David. That's where it comes in with Joseph. How strict did he have to be to not quit? It would have been way easier to quit in all those situations. What, a lion's got the lamb? <laughs> Lion's bigger than me. See you later. Why didn't he? David had heart. He had the heart of a winner. It wasn't the head of a winner. Winners, if they can't get out of their own head, they'll never be winners. Winners have heart. Good soldiers have heart. What's it say? It says, endure hardness as a good soldier. Good soldiers have heart. They're not just the ones that do exactly what they're told, but they go above and beyond the call of duty, and they, they do something great. Why? Because they learned the call of duty first. And they took the steps. And they had the heart. And the heart became action. And they're the ones that fell on a grenade. They're the ones that came, that came out of the, and, and took on a whole army. They're the ones that took the lion, took the bear, took the giant. Those are the soldiers, the ones with heart, that won. Amen? And if we're going to obtain, if your faith is going to obtain the things that God has for you to obtain in your life, from, from your groceries for the day to a million dollars, whatever it is your faith is supposed to obtain, you're going to have to begin to train to take those steps to do the things that it took, just like these guys, to get and to obtain the promises. Amen? And we can train to get them. Right? Right? How many good soldiers I got in here? Good soldiers aren't just people who listen, aren't just people who do. They're people who go above and beyond the call of duty. Amen? You know, a lot of times above and beyond the call of duty is just doing something that's unbelievable. I mean, why would you do that? I just can't believe you did that. Why? Why? You don't know why you did it. Why? Love. 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 Hey, tell me why somebody jumps on a grenade in a group of people. Love. There's only one reason to do that. You have to love the people that are surrounded who are getting ready to be hurt by it. And love doesn't fail. A good soldier operates in the love of God. Everything he does, everything he goes through, amen, is through the love of God. A good soldier. Amen? And so... What I thought we would do is look at Joshua, and let's see how Joshua got to Jericho. Amen? Because guess what? His faith didn't start on the wall, did it? No, it started way back before the wall. Let's look at Exodus 17, verse 8. Exodus 17, 8. I looked through the Bible, and I'm not saying Joshua's not mentioned before this, but I can't find it. Now, I didn't spend three or four weeks looking for it. Maybe I'll look for it more and somebody could correct me and say, no, he's in there before that. But at this this is the first time I see him being asked to do anything. Exodus 17, verse 8. It says, the Amalekites... Everybody know who the Amalekites are? Giants. Big people. Big people. They came and attacked the Israelites at... Uh, Yep, Rephidim. Re, re, yeah, that's that place right there. Moses said to Joshua, "What? Joshua? He's just sitting down. He's not not been asked to do anything at this point except help the people get ready and get them, you know, get them through the Red Sea, I guess. But not specifically been asked to do anything. So the first thing that Moses asked him to do: choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites." <laughs> I can just be Joshua for a second. You're sitting there. You're looking for... you got Moses, man. He's the wisest, meekest man in all the land. And the Amalekites, giants. Nine-foot people. Big people. They were known for their cruelty. That, that was what they were famous for. Their cruelty. And you've never really been asked to do anything, and all of a sudden the man of God looks at you and says, Hey, Joshua, grab a few guys. Go out and fight them. Now I'm going to think like Dave for a second. Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm just Joshua, and you've never asked me even to serve you bread, and today you want me to go fight the Giants? <laughs> well, you want me to just say, 10, 12 men, What? Just says, "Get a few of our men," says, "Go out, get some of our men." Moses, man, he's not even worried about this. Joshua, get some men, go out there. Then he says, I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Oh, okay, so you're going up here. Here you be. And you want me down here. You're no giants, giants. You want, you're going to be up here, right, Moses? Joshua didn't say that. It doesn't record that he questioned it one bit. Why? Because this is the first step in Joshua's faith. Amen? This is the first step in Joshua's faith. What's the first step in our faith? Go work in the parking lot. What, what's the first step in our faith? You don't know what God asked you to do first. That's, this is the first thing God asked Joshua to do. You say, well, Moses asked him. No, Moses is the man of God. Moses is the man of God. Amen. Joshua is serving God by serving Moses. Amen. Amen? I serve God by serving the Moors. That's what God told me to do. He said, serve me by serving the Moors. Amen? So everything I do for them is, is for God. Amen? Joshua was serving Moses. I remember, <laughs> I was telling this in the first service, first thing, one of the first things that I was ever asked to do at church, outside of sit in that chair and wear a suit, were both tests of my faith, by the way. <laughs> didn't own a suit, didn't own a pair of dress pants, by the way. Owned boots, jeans, and t-shirts, and they were all nicely used every day. <laughs> but after that, they called me up one day. Actually, it was a Sunday after church, I believe. And they said, uh, somebody's called in and asked if you'd go to the hospital and pray for this lady. And uh, they didn't know much information, but she was really sick, delirious, and they weren't expecting her to live. So I thought, oh, okay, okay. So I got in my car and drove over there, and I get there, and they say, oh, yeah, she's down there. She's got a contagious disease. She's by herself because no one else can be around her. It's very contagious, and what she has is very easy to get, and there's no cure for it. I'm like, okay, where's Rick? (laughs) I'm sure that God called Rick to do this. But this is what I was, one of the first, it was, I believe, the first hospital visit maybe that I went on. And I'm like, okay, and so I walked and I peeked in the door. She's delirious, she's out, so that, you know, there wasn't any talking to her. And I walked away. And I walked down the hall, and I said, Lord... Contagious, deadly. Hmm. And I walked down the hall, and I walked back. And I walked down the hall, and I walked back. And I did that several times, I, several times. And finally I turned around, and I walked down the hall, and I walked out to the parking lot. And I called the Moors. And I told them what the situation was. And they were very kind. And they said, Be led. They were very kind, though. They said, we understand. Be led. And I thought, okay. And I walked around the parking lot for another minute or two. And it came to me. I said, you know, the Lord asked me to come do this. The Moors knew that I would come. And I have the ability to walk up there and pray for this lady. And I don't have to worry about sickness or disease getting on me. I'm well able to do this. And I doubt I said I'm well able because I don't talk that way. <laughs> but I knew in my heart I could do it. And I walked up to that room, and I walked in that room, and I didn't hold my breath, I didn't put on a mask, I didn't <laughs> I walked in that room, and I laid hands on that lady. She still to this day would never know I was there. She was delirious. I laid hands on that lady, and I prayed for her. And it wasn't, oh, Lord, help her. (laughs) What's it it matter how quick you get in and out? It's contagious, (laughs) it's contagious, right? You know, what's Jesse say? If you're in over your head, you might as well swim, you know? (laughs) So I walked in and prayed for her. And you know what? Three days later, she got better. Amen. We, we got a testimony that somebody wrote in. I don't know that she ever came to our church or whatever happened after that. But she got well. But that was a test of my faith. Will you do this? It's the same thing that Moses was asking Joshua. Will you do this? If I'm asking you, the Lord's with you. And Joshua did not question it. What did it say he did? He went down and he whipped them. What? Moses raised his hands and as long as his hands were up, when his hands got tired, Aaron and her helped. This was a team effort. Amen? This is what happens when the church gets together. Amen? The leader comes in and he does his part. The, the aides and the helpers come in. They hold him up and, and the workers are down there taking care of business. Amen? Because God's involved. Amen? And they defeated him. It says, "Joshua defeated them with the sword." Amen? That's good. One test, down. What happens when you pass that test? <laughs> you get another test usually, but it's from a higher place. Amen. The next time it talks about Joshua, the next time not the very next time, but later on in, in Exodus 24. Joshua has got a new name. I'm going to read it in the NIV. They're uh, getting ready to go up on the mountain, talk to God. And Josh, not just Joshua went with him, but in verse 13 it said, "Then Moses set out with Joshua his aid." Before, Moses just said Joshua go. Now it's Joshua Moses' aid. Now he's his helper. Amen? One test passed. Now I'm the helper. Amen? I went from being the private in the army, to following orders, and now I'm right up here next to the general. Amen? I'm his aide. I'm his helper. Right? What, what if he just said, look at me. Moses' helper. Who are you talking to? You talking to Moses' helper? You don't want none of Moses' helper. I took the Amalekites with the sword. No, he didn't do that. He stayed humble. He was Moses' help. He was just honored to be Moses' help. He didn't say, I'm Moses' right-hand man. I'm I'm next. I'm second in command. He didn't say it. He was Moses' help. That's a step of faith right there. Because guess what your flesh wants to do? It wants to take every bit of glory that it can. Amen. You know what else he got to do? Moses would go outside and you guys have read this, but he, he built the tent outside the camp for the meeting, tent of meeting, the tabernacle. And that's where Moses went when he talked to God face to face. Exodus 33:11. This is where Moses went. Guess who got to go with him? Joshua. Why? Joshua did what he was told. Went above and beyond the call of duty. Did what he was told. Beat the Amalekites. Became help. Put in, Placed himself under Moses. Amen? In the place he was supposed to be. And the next place he sees himself is in the tent of the tabernacle watching God talk to a man like a friend. That didn't happen back then. Amen? Now God talks to us. He talked to Moses face to face. And Joshua got to be there. You know what? Yeah, it would have been great to be Moses, but it would have been just fine to be Joshua. The fact is, I might rather be Joshua. You talk to God, I'll watch. Yeah. Moses, you're the man. You talk to God. He got to, he got to be in the tent of meeting, and, and this proves his true heart. He didn't want to leave the tent of meeting. When Moses got done, Joshua stayed. Why? The presence of God was in the tent of meeting. The presence of God was in the tabernacle. Joshua was staying where the presence of God was. Amen? He loved the Word of God. What better soldier could you have there? Amen? Amen. That's a good thing. Well, here's, the big, here, here's a new test now. He passed one test, got promoted... Got to see God talk face-to-face with Moses. Numbers 11, 28. Everybody's thinking, oh, yeah, when he went to be the spy. No, before he ever got to be the spy, he had to pass another test. This is a test that many, 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 many Christians will get to take and take over and take over and take over. How do I know? Because I've done it and done it and done it. Numbers 11, 28. There's some guys in the camp that had been prophesying, and Joshua didn't like it. He said, hey, you ain't Moses. What are you doing prophesying? And Joshua didn't like it. And he went to Moses. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, who had been been Moses. They want you to know just how long he'd been around Moses because this wasn't just somebody. He knew Moses, okay? He knew him. And he he'd said he's been his aide since youth. Spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. In other words, they should not be doing that. Tell them to stop. And Moses said, Joshua, you are so right. Thank goodness you're here with me to take care of me. I would not have noticed that. Is that what it says he said? Verse 29. Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put His Spirit on all of them. Joshua who fought the giants. Joshua, Moses' aid. Joshua on the mountain. Joshua in the tent of meeting. Joshua the corrected. Oh, oh, who is he? Well, I was just trying to help him and he has to come on and get all mean with me and correct me. And all I was trying to do was help. He could have said it nice at least. How many people have left a church because they didn't say it nice enough? Yeah. Left their place. What if Joshua would have said, well, obviously I disagree with Moses. This must not be where I'm supposed to be. Me and Moses now have disagreement between us. Uh, I've got to find a new place. This is not working out for me. Hmm? Well, isn't that the next step? Offended. That's that's what you're supposed to do. When people correct you, you're supposed to get offended. That's the natural reaction to offense. That is exactly what it is. That is the very carnal reaction to offense. But Joshua did not get offended, right? Too many people in the church, this is their next test. Their next test is they do something and, and somebody comes out and says, I'm sorry, that's not the way we do it here. Please do not do that anymore. And they say... I can hear from God. I got the Holy Ghost. Hey, I don't need you to tell me. And the next week they come back to church, like this, and they sit in a place where everyone can see them look like this too, because <laughs> they want they need somebody to come apologize, and they are not going to apologize unless they see just how unhappy they are, and offended, and you're not acknowledging their gift. And you really didn't have the right to be telling them what to do. God told them to do that after all right there in your church. Really, God overrode the person he put in charge of your church. That goes all against his word, doesn't it? I've had people tell me that. i had, <laughs> had one lady say, hey, if God tells us to do it, we've got to do it. And we're like, if you're here, God's not going to tell you to go against what the pastor says. I'm not talking about in your home. I'm talking about in this church. Amen? Amen? We cannot absolutely get offended. That is a faith test. It takes faith not to get offended. Why? Because you have to believe in no matter what that God has that plan. He has the vision. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen. It's not your call. Amen? You have to believe in the man or woman of God that God's placed you under at that time. It's time to get underneath where you belong, stay in your place, and watch God work. My job, if I don't think it's right, is to pray. And then God will correct me too. <laughs> right? Or He'll help us. Right? My job my job's not to correct people over me. Okay. Offense. There's people all over the church that get offended. You, we cannot absolutely afford offense. It is not something that is within us. It's not something that should be in our midst. It's not something that should be. Amen? And what, what about this? All of a sudden, Moses and Joshua disagree? And so now Joshua, he has to go start the church of the one prophet. You know, we've got to have a new denomination here. We need the one prophet church. We're not having these spirit-on-all-men churches. Those people are peculiar, and they're scary, and I've got to go over here and start my own church because they don't agree with what I, agree, with what, what I believe. I know that denominations were not started because people believed different. They, they are started because people argued over what they believed different. The church is built to be one. Right? Founded on Jesus Christ. Not to be argued about. Right? I mean, even if somebody says, hey, you don't got to have Jesus to be saved, you don't need to argue with them because there's no argument there. You already know you need Jesus to be saved. You might want to try and convince them because you love them. But we got people that are arguing and they, they go out and find 18 scriptures why you're wrong or why they're right. And they start offense and they become offended and then they leave that church and they go to the other church with their offense. They take their offense to another church. So now not only were they offended here, now they can go over here and what's the word say in Hebrews about taking your offense elsewhere? Let's look in Hebrews here. I've got it here somewhere. Hebrews Hebrews 12:14 and 15 says follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby defile many. Bitterness troubles you, and then you talk about it. And how many people can I get on my side? You know, what if Joshua, he just said, he just said, hey, Moses is going to let these people prophesy. Let's go, let's go, come on, follow me. He's out of his head. Let's go over here. Let's get the new church started. No. Joshua did not do that. Joshua took correction like a good soldier, knowing that he was right where he was supposed to be, under the hand of God, in his will, growing in faith to be what God called him to be. Amen? And he stayed. And he stayed put. And he didn't go away. He didn't get offended. And the next thing we find him doing... What is the next thing we find him doing? Numbers 14. Well, the next thing we actually find him doing is going with 12 other guys over into the promised land, right? Checking it out. And he checks it out, and they all come back, and 10 of them say, whew, nice. We can't have it, though. They all said, hey, this place is great, but I got news for you. The Amalekites are there. Uh Uh-oh. Those same giants that Joshua whipped back in Exodus 17 are in the land that he was promised to have? Oh, yeah. That's what they said. We can't have it. The Amalekites are there. Now, I wonder why God built his faith from Exodus 17 to defeat the Amalekites and he overcame offense and he became an aide. He went from soldier to aide and now he's facing the same Amalekites again. And the people, they were sad. They were sad. In uh, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, That night, after they got the bad news that they could never have the land, All the people, all the people, all. You reckon when God says all, he means all? That means every person in the whole community, these ten guys swayed them to to unbelief. Because God had already told them they'd have land, right? But these ten people said, no, you can't. And they said, your word is better than God's. Hmm. We're not doing that, are we? If God says we can have it, we will obtain it. Amen? That night the whole community raised their voices and they wept. All the Israelites against, grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said to them, if only we died in Egypt or in the desert, if we just died in the desert. I was reading that one time and I said, God, how can they act this way? And he said, the same way you do. I said, let's move on. If only we had died in Egypt or the desert. Verse 3. Why is the Lord bringing us to a land only to have us fall to get defeated? Why is He bringing us here just to have us fall by the sword and our wives and our kids are taken to be slaves and plunder? Wouldn't it just be better to go back to Egypt? Verse 4. And they said to each other, let's choose a leader. And go back to Egypt. Now, if Joshua was ever going to jump on the promotion bandwagon, if that's all he was looking for, a good, mo- a good soldier is not looking for promotion. He's looking for advancement. Advancement of the cause. Advancement. If, it, if you were fighting for America, you're fighting so America wins. You're not fighting so you can be a sergeant or you can be a major. No, no. You're fighting to win the war. A good soldier is not looking for promotion. He's looking for advancement. A good soldier in the kingdom of God is looking for advancement in the kingdom of God. He's looking for the kingdom of God to be advanced in every way it can be every day of his life. Amen. Not so he can be up here. So the kingdom of God can be out there. Amen? Amen? But if Joshua was ever going to get on the promotion bandwagon, that was the time to do it. Because everybody in the whole congregation said, let's choose a leader. Joshua could have come, jumped up and said, that's me. You're right. Moses and Aaron have messed up. Look at me. I defeated the Amalekites. I've been here this whole way. I'm a good leader. Follow me back. And they'd have chose him in a heartbeat. He didn't do it. A good soldier stays in his, in his place, in his position. Amen? And he was Moses' aid. He was Moses' help. And you know what your aid does when you need help? They come to your help. And you want to see what, you want to see what uh, Joshua did? Let's see what Joshua did. In verse 5, Moses... Go ahead to verse 5. It says, Moses and Aaron fell face down. Moses and Aaron, they're like... They fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Then what happened? Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, they were with the twelve, tore their clothes. Now, I never tore my clothes, but in the Old Testament, that's a big deal, apparently. Maybe they had real expensive clothes, and you weren't supposed to tear. I don't know. But man, when they tore their clothes, they were upset. I mean, that happened before they told you they were upset. It's like, now, ooh, whoa. They tore their clothes in verse 7 and said to the entire assembly, every, all, every person, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Keep going. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land and a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. What's he doing? He's taking up for Moses and Aaron. He's saying, you guys, are, you guys are going the wrong way. You're believing the ten when the two are right. Amen? And he's standing up. He's staying in his place. And he's going above and beyond the call of duty. Why? Because he's, he's standing up for his leader now. He's standing up for that, the, that, that man of God that he's put up, been put under. And he's standing up for him. And he's saying, the Lord will give it to us. Verse 9 only do not rebel against the lord what's he saying it's moses and aaron they're saying they said moses and aaron have brought us out here no he's saying you're rebelling against the lord right and do not be afraid of these people of the people of this land because we will swallow them up now he's moses' cheerleader amen moses brought us here we will swallow them up their protection is gone but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Ooh. Joshua just took a step up, didn't he? The Lord's promoting him. The Lord gave him a word. The Lord said, speak up, son. And Joshua stepped up and he spoke up. And he spoke against the people of unbelief and for the people of belief. He just took another step in his faith. Why? I've been with the, Mal- the Amalekites. I defeated the Amalekites through the word of the Lord. And we'll defeat them again. Yes. He'd already faced those giants once. He wasn't worried. Why? Back in Exodus 17, God built his faith on defeating giants. So he already had faith to defeat them again. Amen? And he wasn't afraid. In fact, is he was full of faith. And he was going to speak that faith into anyone who would listen. Amen? Amen, their protection is gone, and the Lord is with us. And of course, how many people listen to him? Moses and Aaron <laughs> and Caleb. And it says, in numbers 14:38 of the men that went to explore the land, only Joshua and Caleb survived. Why? Faith obtains. You can't die and obtain. They were in faith. Amen? Joshua and Caleb were all that survived. In Numbers 32, verse 12 and 13, it says not one, actually just verse 12, not one except Caleb, and the, Caleb son of Jephunneh, the Kinsanite, and Joshua son of Nun. Why did they survive? They followed the Lord wholeheartedly good soldier has heart. They don't quit. They won't give up. They believe the Lord. They hear the Word. The circumstance doesn't change them. The whining, the grumbling, it doesn't matter how bad it looks, they believe the Word of the Lord. and, And their faith overcomes. Their faith obtains. And by this faith, they survived, amen, because they served the Lord wholeheartedly. This isn't a half hearted thing. If we're going to serve the Lord, we want to serve Him with all that we are. Amen? Amen? Amen. We got too many people out there that the minute something goes wrong, they're they're church hopping. The minute something goes wrong, they, they don't like that minister anymore. The minute something goes wrong, that God's at fault. We got people blaming God for stuff. How do you blame God? He's God. You can't blame God. And they say, Well, I'm mad at him. <laughs> That's not going to do you any good. Amen. Being mad at God will get you zip. Right. Amen? God is on our side. And that's what they need to hear. They need to hear what Joshua said. When, when everything looks like it's going wrong, no, 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 no. We're well able to take this land because God is on our side. He's not against us. He's for us. He's made every preparation and He's planned for us step by step and He's built us up and we face the lion and we faced the bear and now this giant's nothing. I, I beat the Amalekites back then. I can beat the Amalekites now through the grace of God. I can do it. And we don't quit. Good soldiers don't desert their post. Good soldiers don't quit. There's no quit in them. Amen. Amen. Amen? They don't faint. They don't fall out. It's not going to happen with a good soldier. Amen? So then what's happening? Deuteronomy 1. Joshua, his faith's been tested. And now, Deuteronomy one thirty-eight go to 37 first 37 first thank you because of you the Lord became angry with me and said you shall not enter Moses was not going to get to go in right in verse 38 but your assistant wait a second your assistant he went from private to helper an old man who are you now I got the new tag, Moses' assistant. <laughs> assistant manager. Yeah. Joshua the assistant. Huh? I'm right there under Moses. You know what? It goes, God, Moses, Joshua. Hmm? Promotion comes from the Lord. As you face, as you face these, these tests of faith and you come out victorious, then you are promoted to the next level. Why? You're usable. He knows what you can do. He knows what's in you. You could even go up there and say, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And he'll say, yeah, you can. I know what's in you. I see it. I see your heart. He knows more about our hearts than we do. There are things that we don't think we can do that He absolutely knows we can't. And He will put you in, the, in every opportunity to use that faith every day. And He'll give you a chance, thank God, to pass the same test over and over. I used to have to do this in school too because I'd say, can I get a retest? F's not going to do... I've got to go home. Mom's not really going to like an F. Do a retest, you know, and they'd say, yeah, and they'd get a D, and they'd say, how about one more retest? Come on, come on. Extra credit? Man, God will let you take that test and tell you and give you all the answers. He will give you every answer. It is an open book test. How do you fail an open book test? You do what I do. Don't read the book. I did fail an open book test. I was too lazy to actually read. Hey, Dave's got to (laughs) grow. That was years ago. I might pass that test now. (laughs) How do I know that he'll let you take these tests over and over again? Because I have failed them. I have had opportunity to become offended, and I have tried to get offended, and God says, you ain't getting offended. Stop that. There's people all over this world counting on you not getting offended. Same goes for you. If you're a part of the body of Christ, offense is not in you. It it can't be part of you. It is a cell that won't work in your physical makeup. Amen? And he'll let you have that test over and over again. And the next thing you know, you'll be the assistant. Assistant manager to Moses. That's pretty good, huh? And then what happens right after that? You're not going in the land, but your assistant is. But what's he going to have to be if he's going to go into the land? He can't just be an assistant anymore. So they called him in and they said in in Deuteronomy 3, verse 28, verse 27, go to 27 first. It says, Go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east Look at the land with your own eyes, since you're not going across this Jordan. Verse 28. But commission your assistant, your aide, private Joshua. No. Nothing in front of that name except Joshua. (laughs) Yeah. Commission Joshua. Commission the new leader. Commission that that I will place and that will go in and inherit this land commissioned Joshua. He went from servant, from private in the army to go out and fight the giants to aid, to going up on the mountain to assistant because of his faith in the midst of the congregation to leader that would would lead the people to inherit the land because he took every step of faith necessary to get where he was going. Joshua, when he got to that wall, what, what, if he'd, what if he wouldn't have passed any of those tests and he went to Jericho and the God would have said, okay, here's how we're going to do it. I want you to jump up on the wall, take some trumpets, march around it seven times, shout, wall's going to fall down. And he'd, he wouldn't have passed any of those other faith tests. You know what he said? He said, mm-mm, no, thank you. That is just crazy. That wall is as wide. What did they say? It was, it was huge. He said, shouting and, and driving around on it is not going to knock it down, Lord. He didn't talk that is exactly right. Why? Because he had already seen the work of the Lord from the time the Red Sea opened till the time he whipped the Amalekites till the time he got to the land. Everything he would seen was a step of faith. And now when God said, take Jericho, and he told him how to do it, J- what did Joshua say? Yes, sir. That's what we can do. And you know what it says about Joshua? In... Uh, in Joshua 6.27, right, right after he took Jericho. Let's read it in Joshua 6.27. It says, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. That's called promotion right there. That's called following God. That's called taking the step by step from from being the private in the army to being the aide on the mountain to being the assistant in b- before the congregation to being commissioned by by Aaron and Moses to being leader that takes them into the promised land Amen. step by step by step Joshua obtained the promise of God what's our steps you know we look at we look at him like oh the lion the tiger the bear oh my you know yeah, Dorothy, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how we look at it. We're like, oh, we can't do that. Oh, yeah, we can. Every step, every test, every trial that you come up against, you can say to the mountain. You can, you can speak to the tree. You can do whatever it takes. You can obtain the promise of God. Sickness can't, can't stay in you. Poverty can't be near you. You are an obtainer. You are somebody that by faith receives the promises every time you set out to, but you have to begin just like David did, not getting offended because they didn't call him in. You have to, you have to begin just like Joshua did, doing what you're told the first time you're to- told to do it. Sounds like something your mom would say. I just want you to do what you're told the first time I tell you to do it. And if you didn't do it, go back and do it. It's still waiting for you. Every test we've failed, we can pass. And every test we pass will take us to the greater mountain, to the greater level with God. And we will be able to overcome, to adapt. every Under any circumstance, we will be a good soldier for Christ. Amen? We can be David, Samuel. We can be those who by faith subdued. What did it say, what did it say about uh, Abraham? It said by patient endurance, he inherited, he obtained. Amen? What do we have to endure? Somebody offending us? We got people who won't even endure an offense. What are you going to do when the real giant stands up? Huh? Not us. Not us, right? Offense has no place in us. We have no quit in us. We won't desert our post. We're going to stay the course. We're going to be right where God put us. When God's looking for us, He doesn't have to say, Hey, where's Dave? Where's Dave? Because Dave's going to be right where God put him. Just like you guys. Right where God put us. And when we're there, we're in the right place to, for victory every time. Do I got any obtainers in here? then let's stand up. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, thank You, thank You. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, I don't know why offense comes up so strong in my heart, but it's too easy. There's people that don't think they're offended that are. And if you are... And if you're just sitting there and you're saying, I don't like that. I'm going to love him anyway, but I don't like that. And then you go home and you think, I don't like that. I don't like that. And you keep meditating long enough on I don't like that. (laughs) You really will get to where you don't like it. Even more than you wanted to. There are things that we need to let go of. There are things in your heart, my heart, that we've held on to. And people say, I hadn't held on to them. But the minute something happens that's common to them, it'll come back to your mind. The devil makes sure it does. we got to let those things go. I don't care how bad they hurt. We have to let those things go. In the name of Jesus and for the kingdom of God, we have to let those things go. We have to pass the test that God has put before us and get to the places that God has for us. Amen? We're never going to speak to the mountain if we don't get to it. Tripping over all these molehills. Amen? A fence is a molehill. I told my mom one time, I said, Mom, they said this about me and and they said this. Uh, We'd been teaching Bible study, me and Rick, and some people came that weren't very happy that God was good. And we didn't understand that. And and, they said, and I said, Mom, they said this, and they, they, they told me this, and they said if I believe this, I was probably going to hell. And man, I was upset. And I, I said, I'm, I don't like it, Mom. And she said, she said, was it true? And I said, no. And she said, then why do you care? And she said, and if it was true, why don't you change it? I said, let's move on. Amen? If somebody said something that offended you, forgive them. Was it true? If it was true, fix it in your life and forgive them for offending you with it. If it wasn't true, let it slide. Let it slide. Amen? Amen. God's a good God and He's got giants for us to fight. That is not a giant that is a molehill that we trip over getting to the giant. Amen? You got a song?